0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling
2: Holmes. Hello, and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I don't sound nearly as good as Sterling Holmes, but I'm doing the intro anyway. Sterling, how are you?
1: You sound way better than me. I've I've had a sore throat, and it's been a nightmare. Like, yesterday, or Sunday, I guess, I sound like DMX. I, it was, well, you guys were like, at, yeah, you were asked if I wanted to get on the post-game Chiefs call, and I go, no chance unless you want me to sound like DMX and just go, oh, in the background like the entire time. <laughs> no one wants that. That was a good woof.
2: That was a good, uh, whatever you're supposed to call that, that's a good one. Um, we got a lot to talk about Sterling. I hope your throat, uh, is not so sore that it can't keep up with the level with, with the rage and Hulk smashing you need to do about the chiefs in this, uh, in this particular episode. But I I guess I want to start with a macro level. Like, I don't want to talk about certain positions. I don't want to talk about certain players. I don't even want to talk about certain games as in the blowout that just happened two days ago. Here's what I'm wondering at this point, the NFL trade deadline is just after the chief's next game. Like the very next day, they're three and four. They're in the basement of their own division. However, they're only two games back of anybody because everybody's lost two games in the AFC. Do you think The Chiefs should be buyers or sellers. Let's start there.
1: Blow it up. I'm uh, no rational approach. No, I'm kidding. Um, That's the thing is the Chiefs have played really, really bad, horrendous football, but yet they're not out of it. They're not so far behind that we're like, this is a lost season. They play the Giants this upcoming week. You know, they play the NFC East, and it's kind of sad that if they beat the Giants 75% of their wins will come against that division. I I don't think they're going to be sellers by any means cuz who who are they going to unload? Unless Chris right. Jones is going to be getting sold, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. I think that actually is a decent discussion to be had, but who who do they sell? You know, you're not getting rid of Tyreek, Tyron Matthew, I believe is still going to be here. You know, Thornhill, Willie Gay, I mean, they they're not selling. As far as buyers I would like to see some defensive line help, but at the same token, you already have the highest defensive line in the NFL, and they've done nothing. Are you really going to sink more money into an unproductive line in a hope that it turns around? It's a very delicate, difficult conversation to have. You know, I've been saying from the get-go, you can't cut Frank Clark based on the contract and, and dead cap situation. You'd be absolutely screwed. You're boned if that happens. But I would like to see the best player getting snaps. And right now it's been Michael Dana. Uh, Chris Jones snuck back inside for more, but we still didn't see a huge uh, input from Chris Jones outside of that one play with him and Ben Neiman. You know, is Melvin Ingram? I've heard rumblings about Melvin Ingram again, which seems like this is an ongoing conversation. I would say they're buyers more than sellers, but at the same time, I just don't know who they go out and grab.
2: Yeah, it's it's a really weird scenario where I get both sides. Like I am like I'm staunchly against selling. I, I think there's a long road ahead. I think there's loads of talent here. Recent history suggests they're gonna be okay. And I know there's been some bad losses, but the Chiefs have largely beat themselves for the most part. And so I think all of that's correctable. I think they I think they can still do everything they want to do. That said, I totally Totally. I completely understand everyone who's like, throw them overboard. Right. Like, like a bunch of pirates who boarded our (laughs) ship and like, you know, get them out of here. I I don't know what that voice is, but you know what I'm saying? Like I get, I get why you'd look at this team and go, nope, they're not doing it. I know they did it last year. They're not doing it. Like, like I get all of that sentiment because they're just losing like so poorly and cobbling together what wins they have. I just like you were talking about the Giants, right? Like a few, like three weeks ago, Jalen Hurts, just for an example, just an example, Jalen Hurts threw for just under 400 yards, had two touchdowns, no interceptions, had like a 115 passer rating. Like he looked like, oh, wow, the Eagles found their guy. This week I'm reading headlines that they're going to bench Like people are calling for them to bench Jalen Hurts so they can play Gardner Minshew in Philly, right? Gardner Minshew over Hurts when just three weeks ago against the Chiefs, he looked like the second coming of Donovan McNabb or something. And I'm just, I'm thinking like when I read those headlines, I think, oh, that's such a perfect example of what it's like for someone to be rewarded by playing this Chiefs defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing I'll say is, one, it's Philly. If they have one bad game, they're getting absolutely shelled. Two, Gardner Minshew does have a better mustache. That could play <laughs> a factor as well. No, but I 100%, true, true. 100% agree, though. I mean, Chiefs defense has made everyone look like they're the absolute Hall of Fame version of themselves. It's been insane. One thing I do want to touch on very quickly, I want to say is I, I, I'm not naive. I knew the Chiefs weren't going to go to the Super Bowl or make it to the AFC Championship every single year. That's asinine. That's wishful thinking. That wasn't going to be the case no matter how long Patrick Mahomes is here in Kansas City. What I am surprised about is I thought the years that Kansas City would have down years with Patrick here would be years where either he is hurt or there's major injuries all around this team. Or they're just so incredibly unlucky, you know, losing games by missed field goals, uh, you know, fumble returns for touchdowns at end of games to lose like stuff like that. Yeah. That hasn't been the case. You can say no. Cly- you can say Clyde's fumbles, sure, but still that's like a what, fifty plus yarder to win it? That's not a guarantee. That's not a gimme. They've been relatively healthy. And I understand people say, well, what about Jody Ford center? Chris Jones has missed a game or two. Every team in the Every- NFL Goes through, goes through periods of major injuries. Hell, the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they were banged up. You know, I- injuries are part of the game. The Chiefs have been relatively healthy this year. That's what maybe the most concerning aspect is. Chiefs are healthy and they still are playing incredibly poor.
2: Yeah, boy, that that is such a great point to bring up because I, I I'd had some thoughts about that with the health thing, but I you know, I didn't think about the unlucky side too and and just taken together, there's again, there's just no good reason for it. And we're all kind of searching. We're all like, Well, does it have something to do with Britt Reed? Or is it Veach's fault for, for personnel? Is it Andy Reid? Is he just getting stale is eric b calling the plays and then we're like then we're looking at individual players like what's wrong with chris jones tyron matthew uh what's wrong with patrick mahomes for that matter like like there's just all this random blame assigned in a cloud that's hovering over the team and that's because no one knows what to do is it like is it as difficult for you to sort out the blame as it seems to be for everyone
1: else Uh, Yes and no. It just feels like everyone to an extent is pressing. I think Brett Veach has actually constructed a very good roster because you're lying to yourself. When you go down the moves that he has made, if you said those were bad moves at the time, not many people were saying that when Eric Fisher was hurt, not coming back. When they brought in Orlando Brown, sure, there were people that said, you know, I don't know about trading away your first round draft pick, or is he going to be worth this, that, or the other? I get that. But at the time, as far as the actual what you were going to get player-wise, people were pretty excited, right? Uh, I don't think anyone's complained about Joe Tooney. He's been fantastic. No complaints there. You know, people weren't really complaining at a lot of the moves that Brett Veach did, so it's unfair to criticize him that much now when you are probably the people supporting him. I think Andy Reid has gotten a little bit stale. I think that what he has done best in his career has been out in front of the curve. He's been changing, evolving. It almost looks like they're going, well, this got us to the Super Bowl the past two seasons. This should work again. That's not the way it works in the NFL. Every single team evolves. They change. They find ways to combat it, and the Chiefs haven't seemingly found a way to improve on what they do best I, I think a lot of the players defensively almost seem disinterested one thornhill and nick bolton were the only guys that wanted to make a tackle last week against derrick henry that cannot happen i if tyron matthew throws his hands up one more time when it looked like he was the guy that got beat on derrick henry's pass i was about to just freaking throw my shoe at the tv it was incredible <laughs> i'm like dan sorenson's not there pal this is you there's just yeah. so many things. I mean, and, and one last thing, I think Patrick Mahomes has the yips that, you know, like Chuck Knobloch, if you're a Kansas city guy, Chuck Knoblock, second baseman, couldn't throw the ball to first base. Yeah. That's what it looks like almost with Patrick. He's in the pocket. It'll be a clean pocket. Instead of either stepping up or making the throw, he's drifting back. He's looking to bail out. And it's, he, he has said multiple times that he recognizes this, but it keeps happening. And I guess the only thing I can think about is does he have the yips?
2: Mm. It, it could be. We saw Harrison Butker dealing with like extra points. You're like, what? wait, what's wrong? It's like an extra point, right? I, uh, here, y- y- let me just throw something out. And this is, this probably doesn't make for great talk radio. Like maybe I'm supposed to come with hot takes, whatever, but here's, here's what I think I'm trying to wrap my mind around. I think, maybe I should just speak for me and not say, I think chiefs fans in general, maybe just for me, I think I, what's lost on me is just how difficult like all of this is. So like every week, Andy Reed reminds us, you know, like, Hey, we've got a good, you know, we got a tough football game coming up. we got a good contest coming up. We got, we got a competitive game coming up. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're playing the New York giants. Shut up. Whatever. Right. But like, there's only been one new England Patriots ever. And that's, that sort of dynasty that just lasted and lasted and lasted. There's usually like a peak of two to four years. And then that team goes back into, you know, mediocrity or good, or maybe like horrible, whatever. But you know, like, like I I think everything we're talking about is just difficult. So when we say Patrick Mahomes needs to stop X, Y, or Z, we're talking about a guy like making 10 decisions within a two to three second span being told what additional decisions he needs to make or not make within a two or three second span. Right. I mean, like, like, like when you're talking about uh, Orlando Brown, shouldn't give up this pressure. It's like, well, Patrick Mahomes just dropped back uh, like 11 yards. He gave, he gave the pass rusher a direct line to the quarterback, (laughs) like, like by going his back as far as he did. And, and, and Orlando Brown is facing the other direction and he's 350 pounds. So like, at what point do I go? Maybe all the things that I want the players, the coaches, the general manager to do are like, they're just difficult. And they're doing it against everyone else whose jobs are just as difficult. And maybe all of this is just very, very hard. And the chiefs aren't just like, just aren't doing as many hard things as they normally do. I like, I, I guess in my head that's where I'm going. I know that's kind of a sad sack response,
1: but no, I I, I, I would think say that's it. I get it because it's it's almost like it's so hard. If it was easy, then every single team would do this, right? right if it right. Was, if it was easy, every team, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have won Super Bowl. You know, if it was easy, every team would know what to do and how to fix things. It's not easy. to me it seems like a case of overthinking this Chiefs team is so talented there's no denying the talent level on this Chiefs team even defensively you know I know they've been just absolutely horrific every single number you look at it's just it's brutal you want to gouge your eyes out it's terrible (laughs) but they have talent I mean Chris Jones we know he's talented Tyron Matthew we know he is talented Nick Bolton Willie Gay they look Talented, right? LeJarius Sneed, we saw what he did last year. Uh, Frank Clark has been talented before in his in his career. I don't know if he's just three steps over the hill. If it's like Jack and Jill and he's just rolling down the hill with a pail in his hand. But th- we'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't say there was some talent on this roster. Jaron Reed, we were all excited when that, when that signing went. It seemed like every GM was like stoked. Every other GM was like, guys, this is going to be scary. The Chiefs have Jaron Reed, Chris Jones, Frank Clark on this, on this D line. This is, this is legit. This is bona fide territory right here. And, you know, sometimes moves just don't plan out. Sometimes guys just all hit over the hill. I think Dan Sorensen, Alex Okafor, Frank Clark, maybe Jaron Reed, Anthony Hitchens, maybe all at once this was the year that the age just caught up to them.
2: Hmm. I, I want to talk personnel. And some of those decisions and some of Brett Veach's history, uh, when we get back, but we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute with more of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. (laughs) Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. If you're listening in, um, these are hard times, miserable times. Misery loves company. I'm stuck here with Sterling. Are you pretty miserable right now, by the way, Sterling? And am I company in that journey or am I what's making you miserable?
1: Yeah. I was going to say, am I the miserable aspect or am I the company part? <laughs> right, right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I don't want to say I'm miserable though, because I love the chiefs and I love Kansas city, but if I have my entire existence on what the chiefs do or, or don't do, then I couldn't do this, man.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it, yeah. My entire happiness was predicated on Kansas city. I don't think I'd make it to week eight. (laughs)
2: That's true. That's true. Uh, I want to talk personnel and I want to talk decisions after this. Uh, But I I, want to talk personnel because like you were defending Brett Veach earlier and a lot of people are not in that posture. So I'm hoping you could elaborate on that. Do you (laughs) think Brett Veach is doing a good job? And are you okay if he remains the team's general manager for the next,
1: well, however long? I mean, that seems like an, an asinine question. This guy just put together two Super Bowl seasons, one winning, three AFC championships. They're three and four, not even halfway through the season, and folks are calling for, their jo- for his job. I get it. It's the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. It's the get it right business.
2: Not I, for long. NFL. I,
1: I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I understand the, yeah, the NFL not for long. I get it. But I mean, man, can we take a step back? Do we forget what we've gone through as Chiefs fans until what we have now? And I get it. He's not been in value. I mean, Breland Speaks, McCall Hardman, he's missed on some second round draft picks, some early draft picks. I mean, obviously, Orlando Brown Jr., that's not looking so great right now, you know, I, I get it. He's not perfect. No GM is. You want to go around the NFL and take a poll of, of all these GMs and what they've done? They could be the Jets right now. It could be the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Bill Belichick has messed up time and time again, right? But he's had good quarterbacks. He's found a ways to get it done, and they've won a lot of championships. Chiefs season isn't over. Brett Veach's moves aren't over yet. Yeah, sure, Frank Clark. He's been horrendous these past two seasons. Where were the Chiefs fans when they were hoisting the Lombardi Trophy? No one was saying bleep. They were saying, what a great acquisition to bring in Frank Clark. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, though, you got to pay the piper. and That's what they're doing right now. They built this roster for last year and the year before. This eventually was probably going to happen. The other shoe was going to fall.
2: Yeah. That's a great, that's such a great point about when they built the roster for and, and, and to their credit, they did it. They built it for something and accomplished it. So, so that should be a huge feather in, in no one wears a cap. And if you wear a cap, you don't put feathers in it. So I don't know why we say that phrase, whatever. Right. Um, here's what I also think though, right? Like I think are, are the chiefs unlucky in a way? Because, like like let's take McCole Hardman, right? Here's here's like Hardman was the top draft pick in his class, uh like for the Chiefs. And he was only taken because right before the Chiefs had to draft, it looked like Tyreek Hill was never gonna play another down in the NFL, right? I mean, it's like like imagine right before draft weekend, you're you're trying to like add to your team, and then suddenly the police and, and detectives and everyone is like doing their job and you're realizing, uh, wait, I was going to draft in this direction, but now I may not have the best offensive weapon in the game. So now I got to get a guy who can do that stuff. So now three years later, we're looking at a pick like Hardman and going, uh, Brett Veach picked Hardman and he didn't become anything. It's like, well, cause he couldn't become what he was supposed to become because, Tyreek never left. He's still there and that's good. But that meant that that pick was really just redundant. And now three years later, we weren't able to draft the second round. uh, I don't know, a tackle, Mm. a defensive end, a a safety, like whatever else that would have been in that same space. And so like, like I think of moments like that or like Kareem Hunt, right? Like we had the running back that made this offense electric. And then Kareem did what Kareem did. That's not that's not Veach's fault. That's not Reed's fault. We should have Kareem Hunt on the roster. And then you don't use a first round pick on making a run on, on a running back to make your offense electric again. I mean, I think some of these things Veach has had to make some picks to try to keep the offense as as this like world class unit. When things have happened that were completely out of his control and he used early assets to do it. And maybe that was a problem. Like certainly we've talked before about the reach for a first round running back, but
1: it's more than a reach.
2: (laughs) Okay. I mean, it's a
1: hyper reach,
2: but, but it's not his fault that Kareem Hunt created a void. It's not his fault that, that, uh, you know, the Tyreek drama happened on opening day of, of the draft. Uh, Like, I think Brett Veach has had some real curveballs thrown his way to try to keep this thing together and moving forward.
1: I think every GM has curveballs thrown their way. Sure. McCall Hardman, he had a very good explanation for that draft pick. I understand it, but you're telling me DK Metcalf or Terry McLaurin, none of those guys wouldn't have worked out. And I get it. You're not going to hit on every single pick. That's not possible, or else every team would be loaded. We're not playing Madden, okay? There there are reasons why guys work out in different situations than in others. Terry McLaurin would have definitely been a Tyree kill fixer-upper, right? I don't think anyone would have had any complaints there. (laughs) Sure. But when it it, it comes to, the only one I really have an issue with is Clyde. First-round draft pick on a running back. That's one where I thought Brett Veach was more... I thought he was smarter, honestly. I, I I thought he was more analytical. I thought he had a more forward-thinking mind when it comes to first-round draft picks. I for the, just It makes no sense. It, that, that one, to me, is inexcusable. There's no mm-hmm. such thing in the NFL as a luxury draft pick. That's what they said. Well, it's a luxury drafting a running back like Clyde in the first round. Look at it now. There's no such thing as a luxury first-round draft pick. Yeah. That that to me was the one thing where I go, that was asinine. Yeah. You're, you, you, James Robinson instead of undraft and maybe maybe throw a 7th rounder at him, that would be nice. And I get it. You know, it's tough to to hit on all these picks, but that's why you don't draft a running back in the first round when you can find so much talent. For example, with Daryl Williams, have we, have we missed a lot from Clyde with Daryl and Jerk McKinnon filling in? No. No, Damian Williams? Right I, mean, right? I mean, sure, Kareem was great. And that's one thing that always irritates me is when I absolutely despise what he did. That was horrific, horrible. You cannot do that. But if you are going to still allow him to play in the NFL, why is it that the Chiefs have to cut him, but when yeah. the Browns pick him up, the Browns are now lauded as giving him a second chance? I've never understood that. I've never understood how the NFL almost forces the hand of one team to cut a guy. And then if they try and take him back, it's, oh, you took him back? They act like they're clutching their pearls. And then if another team, though, picks him up, it's, great job. You you gave him a second chance. To me, it shouldn't be like that. It's either what he did should not be allowed to – he shouldn't be allowed to play in the NFL. Or it should be let him get help. Let him do what he needs to do. Let it play out and then go from there uh, j- just to me that double standard it's absurd
2: yeah yeah i i don't disagree with you there i i'm i'm a little surprised i i mean maybe for the chiefs it was a trust issue i mean if he'd lied to the team maybe they didn't want him around um and he didn't have that track record with cleveland i know cleveland's his home too but but i get i get for sure what you're saying uh sterling i want i want to play a little bit of what now uh, with you and maybe we could go back and forth here. The moves that you would like to see the chiefs make it could like, we could talk about trade. We could talk about signing. We could talk about coaching move. We could talk about install new hand dryers in the bathroom at Arrowhead, uh, <laughs> bring whatever you-
1: back the trough, baby, <laughs> bring back the trough.
2: I, I, I guess, uh, like I have a couple things in mind. Um, and I wonder if you do too, and maybe we could kind of end today's conversation with sort of an action plan of, Hey, if we were in charge, this is what you'd see us checking out.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll do one really quickly. Yeah. That just off the top of my head, that's, uh, it's going to sound dramatic, but I want to explain it. Sit Frank Clark for a game or only give him a handful of snaps. I get it. He's playing a – he's getting paid an absurd amount of money. That's a sunk cost. The Chiefs need to send a message that no one's job is safe, except for Patrick. Like, you need to send a message, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that you have to show something. Show some heart. Don't give up on plays. Chris Jones gave up on a on a play or two last week, and I, you're sitting there watching, like, you just got this massive contract, and Derrick Henry just walks – waltzes – right right by you you throw your hands out and not even give a a good fake effort just to me sitting frank clark a guy who's getting paid that much money to me sends a message that no matter how much you're getting paid you have to at least show some hustle show some heart show some stones have some pride and to me doing that sends that message
2: mm. i love it i love it i i would wholeheartedly agree with that move i would just sit him i mean I, don't play a handful of snaps like send the message, send it loud and clear. And, and I get it. I would also, I sticking to the line, I go tell Chris Jones, I know your dreams are outside, but we're paying you $20 million. So we get to tell you you're staying inside. I, <laughs> I know you want to go run with the big dogs, but we're going to sit you on the porch, whatever, like whatever you need to tell him to have them understand, look, you're too good at what you do for us to try to get you to do anything else. Uh, And that would be a short and sweet conversation. And I'd hope he'd understand.
1: I I 100% agree. It seems like he is running what the chiefs should be telling him what to do. Not Chris Jones telling the chiefs what he wants to do. I get it. He has a dream, but not all dreams. They're not going to all come true just because Orlando Brown jr. For example, I'm not saying he's not a left tackle, but so far he has not looked like a left tackle at some point. If the Chiefs decide to bring someone else at left tackle, move them to right tackle, you have to tell him, hey, we're paying you. You don't get to decide what position you get to play. This is our organization. You know, that's my perspective. It almost seems like some of the Chiefs players are telling the Chiefs what they're going to do. I'm playing left tackle. I'm playing DN. And so the Chiefs saying, no, no, no. Sure. You're playing left tackle, but we're telling you you're playing left tackle. You're not going to go out and demand that you're playing left tackle. Chris Jones, you're playing defensive tackle. I want the chiefs to take a stand and say, you know what? This is our organization. This is our team. We are a team, not individuals, a team. We decide what's best for the team.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what other move would you make? Is there anything that comes to mind?
1: Oh man, Byron Pringle more playing time. That's for sure. Demarcus Robinson had the most snaps of any wide receiver last week. That's absurd. Why? Why? What's
2: he What's he doing? Running backwards. We're not seeing more of Pringle and we're not seeing Josh Gordon because we have to see more of Demarcus Robinson in his fifth or sixth year with the Chiefs. I'm baffled.
1: Are you concerned about Josh Gordon's lack of playing time? not just from a Chiefs perspective, because I I do think there's some attributes of they're not getting him up to speed with the playbook. They have a very intricate playbook. I get all of that. Are you at least a little bit concerned that maybe, just maybe, he might not have what we all think he has? That That maybe he's a little bit over the hill or he's not quite as athletic as he once was. Maybe he's lost a step and that the Chiefs are just now realizing that.
2: It could be, it could be for sure. But, um, I, I would like to see that to believe it versus like infer it as an unknown. It, like, remember last year when they, the Chiefs signed Deandre Baker, do you remember when they landed him from the, yeah from the New York giants? He was signed in like, well, I don't know, week six or week seven or so. I mean, it was like mid season or even before when he signed with the Chiefs, and we were all like, What? It's like a first round pick. Can't believe it. This is amazing. And then that dude sat on the practice squad until like week 16 or 17. He didn't even play like a meaningful amount of snaps until the final game when the team rested all of their starters. I'm just thinking, I'm so tired of the Chiefs acting like like, like it's so precious to learn their systems that no one can just step right in. Like, Oh, Josh Gordon needs all the time in the world before we throw him passes or Deandre Baker, who started 15 games in his rookie year needed like another 10 games on the bench for the chiefs before he could play over, you know, uh, Charverius or whoever, I mean, whatever I like over Bo Pete keys, right? Like, I just don't get it. I, I I want this team to stop being precious and pl- like play the kids who aren't playing. You're like, "Oh, we can't, you know, we can't we can't get rid of Ben Neiman because that would mean D- Darius Smith is going to play instead or what like whatever. I'm just I'm over it. I'm over it. Let the guys play because it can't get worse out there.
1: <laughs> well, you're not a Royals fan. I believe it was Buddy Bell said, "Never say it can't get worse." It can always. <laughs> get worse (laughs) Uh, yeah that's true true one scheme thing i want to touch on the teams keep playing cover two against the chiefs and for some reason andy Reid keeps saying like we know they're going to do that but we've never seen this before and they're very contradicting statements it's very frustrating but why don't the chiefs run more intermediate short passing routes why does everything have to be a home run why don't you run a slant why not run something that's a eight seven, six, 10 yard pass. Not everything has to be a chunk gain. Why not? Michael Thomas made an absolute killing on slant routes because Drew Brees couldn't throw it deep. Teams knew what they were doing and they still couldn't stop it. Slant routes are so difficult to defend. Why don't the chiefs do some of that with their insane speed that they have? Why not throw Josh Gordon? To, Josh Gordon made the playbook. He knows how to run a damn slant, Run it. Why not try that out? I mean, I just don't understand this. And again, to me, it comes down to a lack of, or not a lack of, but A, it feels like they're saying, we did this the past two years. It's going to work again. We don't need a change. We'll eventually figure it out. Well, through seven weeks, it hasn't changed. They haven't figured it out. It's the same old, same old. Teams have adjusted. The Chiefs have not.
2: Yeah, that, that part's really baffling to me. It's just so predictable the defense looks so predictable the offense feels if they've actually been good on offense very good on offense and yet e- even feels predictable in that way so uh, i think they have enough talent that they can't be stopped until they are stopped i mean until they're uh, or until they shoot themselves in their own foot so yeah i i could not agree with you more
1: any, uh, any other things you'd like to see
2: I mean, there are several, you know, I'd love to see them kick the tires on Olivier Vernon in free. I mean, I mean, if they're going to be buyers at the deadline or whatever, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I'd love to see a couple guys checked in on, um, maybe in free agency or whatever. I'm not too keen on giving up more future assets to try to salvage something this year. Um, but I'm also not giving up on this year. So that puts me right in the middle. Um, what about you?
1: What's it feel like sitting on a fence?
2: Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. My crotch hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on one right now. Literally, I'm just on a fence. Uh, Let's end here. Let's end with the NFL deadline coming up. What do you think the Chiefs are going to do? Anything? Nothing.
1: Dude, they're not going to do shit. Sorry for my language, but I want to be candid. Do, do you seriously think the Chiefs – have they shown they're going to go out and bring in some high-profile guy? How many years were Chiefs fans clamoring for Patrick Peterson? How many years did it make sense? What did the Chiefs do? They eventually got DeAndre Baker last year, who was basically cut from the Giants for off-the-field issues. It, you know, every time we think the Chiefs – it makes sense for them to make a splash, what do they do? I mean – Josh Gordon was the biggest splash, and that was a free agent, right? It's not like they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. Right. You know, they didn't get Stephon Diggs. And I'm not trying to say they need to get those type of guys, but to act like the Chiefs are all of a sudden going to go out and bring in some top-of-the-line defensive end, that just seems asinine. They haven't shown they're going to do that. They like to be aggressive. I understand that, but... If they get Melvin Ingram, I feel like that's about the the biggest name the Chiefs would would probably land. Yeah. What do you think?
2: I yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I think. I I. It seems like there's something coming, but maybe not. You know they just got they just got rid of Damone Harris and and so maybe further moves are coming. But but look, here's the thing. Every every move they make, I'm fooled by anyway. I'm like, yeah, they signed Terrell Suggs. Oh, wait, that guy Suggs now. Uh, oh, they signed... Uh, then they signed Darrell Revis. Oh, wait, he's 104 years old. <laughs> oh, they signed... You know, they they signed LaShawn McCoy. Oh, they signed jo- Josh Gordon. Oh, it's 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 Le'Veon Bell. I mean, like, all these sort of veteran acquisitions in or during the season end mm-hmm. up being like drawing a three of clubs in the end. So... Yeah. Yeah, I I don't even know why I would get excited
1: even if they did sign someone. Remember when I said to cool your jets on Josh Gordon? I just want to let you remember that. You got to have that sink back in.
2: All right, all right, we're done. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) I still love him. I still think, man, when Josh Gordon goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns against the New York Giants in primetime on Monday, you're going to eat those words.
1: Oh, I will. Well, You know what? And the best part is I'll be happy because that means that he did something. So it's a win-win situation for me. I
2: can't wait to get so excited after the New York game only to realize it was against New York and it's all fool's gold.
1: It's like the the Washington football team all over again. Gosh, it's all so hard to not say uh, the old team name. Just how it's so hard for me to not say San Diego Chargers or the Oakland yeah. Raiders. I still struggle every once in a while. I'm like, St. Louis Rams. I'm like, no, that's not been there for a decade.
2: (laughs) The St. Louis Cardinals, the football, the the football, uh,
1: the Houston Oilers, right? Yeah, there you go. Baltimore Colts. Yeah.
2: Anyway, my name is Matt (laughs) Connor. Sterling, you want to say bye to everybody?
1: Bye, everybody. No, thank you guys so much for listening. We always appreciate it. If you want to drop us a review, there's been a lot of very nice reviews recently. We really appreciate that. If you want to go to Apple, uh, I- iTunes, Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, drop us a review. We'll try and acknowledge it. If you want to drop us a line on Twitter, I'm at HomestretchKC. He's at Matt AA. Any questions, we'll take them. We'll talk about it. We'll have some fun with it, but we really do appreciate all you guys listening. I'm Sterling Holmes. That's Matt Connor. Bye, everyone.